If you're somebody that's living in either the greater Toronto area or the greater Vancouver area, it's becoming more and more apparent to young Canadians that one day having the goal of being a homeowner is getting further and further out of reach with the unaffordable pricing that we're seeing in particular in these two areas, but really across Canada, housing prices continue to climb and climb and climb. Well, the Canadian government has recently announced the proposed launch of an account called the FHSA, the First Home Savings Account. And in this video, I wanna go over the details of this proposed account. We're gonna talk about the pros, at least in my opinion, the way I view it. We're gonna talk about the cons and some areas of this account that may not be as exciting as it may seem, but we're just gonna have a discussion today to get you guys informed about the FHSA or the First Home Savings Account in Canada. What's going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If you are new to the channel here, my name is Brandon. As always, feel free to check out our Investing Academy if you're looking for courses and training in the stock market. It's that first link down in the description below. But before we start today's video, I had a question just from my own personal curiosity. How many of you guys watching this video are either homeowners or plan to be in the near future? Or are you the type of person that just says, I'm gonna rent for the rest of my life, because I'm starting to see more and more threads on the Reddit communities, more and more posts on the Facebook groups that this unaffordable housing crisis that we have in particular, as I mentioned in a couple of areas, it's becoming a bit of a pipe dream for some. However, if you are following along with the news, this is taken directly off of the Liberal government's website, and I can link this down below if you'd like to go through further, but there is a proposed new account that is essentially put forth to help with this exact situation. And we'll go through a quick read here. A home for everyone, the liberal housing plan. Afford a down payment faster. We will introduce a tax-free home savings account, FHSA, to help young Canadians afford a down payment faster. Combining the features of both an RRSP and a TFSA, this plan will allow Canadians under 40 to save up to $40,000 towards their first home and withdraw it tax-free to put towards their first home purchase with no requirement to repay it. This would allow young Canadians to set aside 100% of every dollar they earn up to $40,000 towards the most important investment that they will make in their life. If the funds are not used for a home purchase by the age of 40, they will convert back to normal RRSP savings. Why the number 40,000? Well, it represents roughly 5% of the average home price in Canada, which sits at 736,000. How does it work? Like investing in an RRSP, you are able to deduct the savings you invest from your income when it goes into your first home savings account. And like a TFSA, this money will be able to compound and grow tax-free until you withdraw up to a maximum of $40,000 to ensure this supports genuine savings towards a first home and the people who need it, integrity measures will be put in place to deter tax avoidance. Will it stay tax-free? When you take it out to put towards a down payment, it still stays tax-free and doesn't get counted towards your income. Tax-free in, tax-free out. So to summarize, there are a few key points from that website. Number one that sticks out to me, and I think this is the most important one out of this entire video, for no misconceptions, this is a proposed plan, a proposed FHSA. This account is not written into law as of the time of this filming. It is not available. You can't go open one up with your bank. This is a proposed plan, but it's still good for us as Canadians to be aware and at least anticipate what we can expect. Takeaway number two is that the FHSA will have a proposed contribution room or limit 
of $40,000. That's gonna be the ceiling or the cap in terms of how much money you can put into this account. Number three, as stated on their website, this is an account available for Canadians under the age of 40. If you're over the age of 40, tough luck for you. Number four, a big one, this must be used towards the purchase of your first home. It cannot be used to go out and buy yourself a brand new car. It cannot be used to go out and pay for education. It must be used towards the purchase of your first home. Otherwise, it will be rolled over into your RRSP. And fifth, what I believe to be the most, one of the most advantageous parts of this proposed plan is simply the fact that it is a tax-free plan and that as well includes the withdrawals are tax-free. If you're not entirely up to speed with exactly what we just covered there, I'm gonna go through and now talk about some of the positives that I see with this account and give you some examples which will help break down kind of in layman's terms, in simple terms for you guys, why this account has its benefits, why it's positive, and why if it does end up rolling out, it's something that you should take advantage of. Let's start with the most obvious of benefits with this account in that it combines the best features of the RRSP and the TFSA into one single account. And we can start by talking about the idea of this account being a tax deductible account. What that means is that when you contribute money into this account, so you simply open one up at the bank or with your broker and you simply pop cash into the account, those contributions can be used to deduct against your income. And to give you a very simple example, and this will be very simplified, if you have a Canadian that makes, let's say $50,000 a year, and very, very rough math here, let's assume that you pay an average tax of about 20%. Now up on the screen, I will show you an actual schedule and a, a, a chart per se, where you can get much more accurate numbers. So feel free to pause this if you like. I can also leave this down in the description below, but let's just say for the sake of this example, you pay an average tax rate of 20%, which is approximately $10,000 in tax that you give to the government simply based off of the money that you make throughout the year. Now let's assume that the FHSA does get rolled out, it's available to us as Canadians, and you take full advantage of that and deposit your full $40,000 worth of contribution room. Well, in that case, because you've made $40,000 in contributions, you can deduct that against your income. If we did the math on that, let's say your income's 50,000, subtract out 40,000, we could look at it and the government or the CRA would look at your new taxable income, let's call it, after subtracting out that $40,000 contribution, you'd be looking at a taxable income of, in this case, $10,000. Now, again, this is very unrealistic when you do understand the different tax brackets. And in fact, if you earn an income of about $10,000, pretty much it would be exempt from paying tax. But again, that's not the point of this. Let's just say that you pay 20% tax on that $10,000. In this case, the new tax bill that you should be paying throughout the course of the year is actually somewhere in the range of $2,000. Again, we take 20% of your new quote unquote taxable income. You have a $2,000 tax bill payable. So a very, very big difference there once you deduct those contributions from your income. And in fact, the difference there of about 8,000 in our given example, this is money that you will actually get back on your tax refund. So at the end of the year, sometimes you get money back via tax rebate. Sometimes you owe money. In this case, you'd actually be getting that difference back because throughout the course of the year, they've actually taken $10,000 worth or they've withheld that money. You actually owe a $2,000 bill. So you're gonna get that back via your tax refund. So that's money that you otherwise would have given to the government. That's money that otherwise would have been gone and you never see it again, but you get more dollars in your pocket today simply for making contributions into this account. Now, for those that are up to speed with the RRSP, and I've done videos on the RRSP and TFSA, if you'd like to go check those out, 
This is no different. This is actually exactly how an RSP works. And that's what we mean how the FHSA is basically taking that component, the deductible component of the RSP, but also combining it with the TFSA. Because if you are somebody that is up to speed with how the RRSP works, again, on the front end, the deductions that you're getting and the tax break that you're getting up front is basically identical. But with the RRSP, when you fast forward down the road and when you do start withdrawing money out of the RRSP, you do have to take that withdrawal amount and add that to your taxable income. This is why the RSP is known as a account that essentially helps you defer and push off taxes. You get a tax break today, but down the road, eventually, when you do end up taking that money out, you do have to claim that as income. It's still awesome because it's money that you otherwise would have given away. And hopefully, when you do take money out of your RSP, you're in a much lower tax bracket. So in retirement, let's say, that's pretty, pretty typical of the RSP. But with the FHSA, you can withdraw that money without having to add it to your taxes. You can make a tax-free withdrawal, which is very much in the characteristic of the TFSA. If you're up to speed with the TFSA, you can very simply pop dollars in. Unfortunately, these are after-tax dollars, so you're not getting the deduction up front. But at the same token, you can withdraw whatever amount you want from your TFSA. If your TFSA, you want to take out $10,000 or $50,000 or it grows to $100,000 and you want to take it out, you can take that all out without worrying about any tax complications. So the FHSA is really combining both, both of the better aspects. The only caveat to that, again, is that it has to be used towards the purchase of your first home. Now, a question that may come up at this point for some is they may be familiar with what's called the home buyer's program or the home buyer's plan that the RRSP offers. And you're absolutely correct. In fact, as of either this year or last year, they recently bumped up the number where you can withdraw up to $35,000 from your RRSP to put towards the purchase of your first home. However, with the RSP, there are many rules and restrictions in terms of what qualifies. Most importantly, you have to pay that money back over a 15 year period. So you're essentially taking a loan out for yourself. If you want to look at it that way, you're borrowing money from your RSP, putting it towards the home, but you have to pay it back. Well, with the FHSA, I'll pop it back up on the screen in case it did get by you on the first time around, huge benefit no requirement to repay. So in this case, this is a much clearer and better option, again, if this account does end up uh, ultimately rolling out. The third benefit, which we can talk about in my opinion, is simply the fact that if this account does roll out, we just have another vehicle here in the Canadian market that's tax sheltered, that's registered money that we can use to grow and compound our wealth. As of right now, we have really the main two being the TFSA and RSP. You do of course have things like the RESP, which is an education savings plan, but nevertheless, the more space that we have to invest in a tax sheltered manner, the better. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. 
Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Now, before we move on to the negatives or a couple things to just consider with this account, I am gonna make a couple of assumptions to share with you guys. And unfortunately, there's not a ton of information on this account. Again, this is quite recent and very recently proposed. So if you do know better than what I'm saying here or you can correct me, feel free to leave a comment down in the comment section below. But I'm going to say it's fair to assume that this account will be eligible to hold pretty much any of your typical investments. So I know the name says first home savings account, but very much like the TFSA, which is the tax-free savings account, you should be able to hold a wide range of investments from stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, bonds. You should be able to open this account with your broker or with a bank that will allow you to go out and purchase your investments so that they won't just sit there in cash, but they actually have the opportunity to grow. Another assumption that I'm personally gonna make is that although you have to be under the age of 40 to open this account, I'm going to also assume that you have to be the age of majority to open the account. So that would be very typically, depending on your province, anywhere between the ages of 18 and 19, you can go determine uh, in what province you live in what the age of majority is. Again, I could be wrong on that. It could be anybody under the age of 40, but using a little bit of common sense, that's just what kind of I would expect. Now, with all that said, I'll take a brief moment here to talk about some negatives. More or less, I would say these are things to consider, not necessarily negatives, but just things that I would personally consider with this proposed FHSA. Number one, being a very clear one, that again, I will emphasize this, this is a proposed account. So nothing is written into law. I would actually encourage you guys, the viewers, do you think this account will ever see the light of day? If so, when? And do leave a comment down below because from my research, you do get a lot of uh, articles talking about how this is more or less uh, vote bait and is more or less you know eye candy and it's a nice talking point to get people to vote liberal. But in reality, some people think that this will actually never come out. So that's just something that you can decide. I'm not really gonna share much of an opinion on that. Secondly, tapping into my investment background and my experience here in the stock market, one thing that I think troubles me slightly is the fact that by nature, if you are looking to save money for a down payment, and let's assume you have a goal in let's say two or three years to purchase a home, my nature and my experience tells me that putting all of your savings into the stock market, especially equities, so stocks that have a you know, big potential for moving up and down, that could be a situation that ends up biting you in the butt. And it's just one of those tricky situations where over the short term, and in, to me, I'd consider short term anywhere between one to maybe even three years. Maybe that's medium term. But if you were wanting to invest your money over let's say a two year period, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable putting that all in the equity markets just in the rare case that the timing is terrible, up on the screen we have some examples where we know the stock market can draw down for extended periods of time. And how much would that suck if you just are very unlucky, not anything to your fault, but you're unlucky and you put in 40,000, two years go by, you go to you know want to withdraw this money to put towards down payment and that value is cut in half. That is an absolute possibility. And it just kind of is one of those weird situations where, you know, the timing is just, it, it can be tough. Again, if you have a down, if you're saving for a down payment five, 10 years out, very, very different story. But by nature, a lot of people know they wanna buy a house in a shorter period of time. Again, I just think it's something to consider. So you would have to essentially build your portfolio within this account 
I think with more of a balanced approach or maybe even a little bit more conservative. Nevertheless, that still beats it sitting there in cash and not growing for you at all. Again, just something to consider. The third consideration that I wanna talk about here in particular applies to areas where I live here in Vancouver or again in Toronto. But unfortunately, although I love the idea of this account and I think it's a great step for a lot of Canadians out there, this account doesn't directly in any way actually help with the affordability issue, which I think is really the root problem for younger people, uh, millennials who are looking to get into the home market. Again, it's a very different story if you live in the middle of nowhere in uh, central, Canada, now, no offense to those viewers, but having an account to save for can be great. And yeah, it's awesome that you can grow 20, 30, $40,000 tax-free, but when you have this inflated housing market, which we've seen for years and years and years with condo prices sky high, townhomes, single family homes that you'd look for here in my area are just extremely high priced. I don't think that that down payment's even gonna get you close to what you're looking for. And again, this could be a whole nother topic for another video with the reasons and the actual causes for this, whether that be you know money laundering or overseas investments and foreign investments. Again, that's not really the point of this discussion today. Regardless, this account doesn't really fix that at all. So you could look at it kind of like a band-aid rather than fixing the overall problem. I've even heard people complaining, but I think this is just a complaint on Reddit and whatnot that Canadians are already so broke and they're already struggling so much to live in these areas that they won't even be able to come up with an additional $40,000 worth of space, worth of extra savings to use towards that space. That I think is more or less situational based and that's I think people just complaining for the sake of complaining. But um, nevertheless, I think that this is just, if it does see the day of light, I think this is just another awesome, awesome thing with a few considerations. Again, unfortunately, there isn't a ton of information out there and I wanna be the first one to you guys to at least share my opinion here on YouTube on the account. I'm sure as we get more information, I can do more update videos for you guys to keep you guys up to speed. I would personally love to hear from you guys, the viewers, what your opinions are on this account at this given point. And if you do wanna keep along and follow along with the discussion, hit that subscribe button, become part of the community here so that as more information comes out and we make more videos, we can kind of progress on as time goes on. But I think that will basically just wrap up my initial thoughts here on the FHSA or the first home savings account. I really do mean it when I say that I feel actually quite sad you know growing up here I live in a city called Richmond British Columbia just south of Vancouver and a lot of my friends are literally being priced out of our home of our place that we grew up I totally understand in a sense because this is really one of the safest and most beautiful places to live it makes sense why there's such a demand for this area but it's just a, a tricky situation and again the exact same goes over to toronto but at the end of the day i do find it a bit sad to see that more and more people are basically coming to the ex the acceptance that owning a home here is just a far-fetched dream and it's a reality that they will never come to but uh, hey, this plan may be one of the first steps in helping that situation out. If you guys enjoyed today's video and enjoyed hearing my thoughts, I would appreciate it if you gave this video a big thumbs up. That helps out so much. Just a quick little thumbs up if you learned anything new uh, or just drop a thumbs up anyways. As I mentioned, if you're not already subscribed, subscribe so you can stay up to date with these types of videos and let me know if you like these types of videos as well. As always, of course, we do have our investing academy. If you are looking for actual stock market training, more or less stuff focused on investing, not so much the FSHA, you can learn all about that by clicking the first link down below. We work with people all across Canada in every single province, all across the country. It's an awesome time if you are someone that's looking to increase your knowledge in the stock market. That is that first link down below. 
But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.